your monthly report. Um, it'll be added to the agenda online and the director will be able to speak to it. Okay, thank you. And no deletions? Uh, no, that's correct. Okay. Uh, would someone like to move the acceptance of the agenda? Mr. Ford, all those in favor? It's carried. Okay, we have the minutes of July 26th in front of us. Any changes to those minutes? Okay, would someone like to move their acceptance? Uh, Mr. Good, all those in favor? In favor. Great, it's carried. We have the minutes of July 28th, the special council meeting. Okay, would someone care to move the acceptance of those? All of those minutes. Mr. Scannerhorn, all those in favor? Great, it's carried. Next up, we have um, public hearing. And Okay, so we need a motion to open the public hearing on the matter of the bylaw 2104 Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan, 2105 Upper West Peace North ASP Amendment to the MDP, and 2106 the Upper West Peace ASP Redistricting. So we need a move or a motion to move to a public hearing. Mr. Needham, all those in favor? Great, it is carried. Okay, so I hereby declare the statutory hearing open at 5.06 p.m. and note that this hearing is held pursuant to section 78, 230, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. I request the Legislative Services Coordinator to confirm what the purpose of the meeting is. The purpose of this public hearing is bylaw 2104 Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan, bylaw 2105 Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan Amendment to Municipal Development Plan, and bylaw 2106 Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan Redistricting. Thank you. And uh, when the public hearing notice uh, was advertised in the local paper? The public hearing notice was published in the Record Gazette newspaper on July 28, 2021 and August 4, 2021. In addition, notice was provided in accordance with bylaw 2034, the advertising bylaw, by electronically posting the notice prominently on the Town of Peaceful River, River website electronically by posting the notice prominently on the Town of Peace River's official social media sites, and by posting the notice prominently on the bulletin board provided for that purpose at the Town Hall main entrance. Thank you. And were there any written submissions received and not included in the public hearing agenda package? I have received none. Okay, thank you. So all persons giving oral presentations are to clearly state their name and presentations are to be brief and to the point. So, 
I will now call upon the development officer or designate. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, I'm here to present on the Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan, and I will take a little bit of time to go through the content of the plan. Uh, as we have seen, the, our planning documents do have impact and effect, so I just want to make sure the Council is fully aware of the contents of it. Uh, so the purpose of the Area Structure Plan is to facilitate the realignment of municipal and water municipal water and sewer infrastructure away from the top bank of the Peace River in the Shaftesbury Trail area. Uh, we currently do have an area structure plan that's applied to these lands, but where the infrastructure needs to go and where the ultimate uh, right-of-ways would be in the current plan document are not consistent. So we needed to align those two so that future development makes sense with the infrastructure that will be installed in that area. And so we are also hoping through this update to the area structure plan that we are also facilitating the development of the lands that are immediately uh, west of the Shaftesbury Trail into a mix of residential and commercial that can take advantage of the infrastructure that will be in place in the area. Uh, in terms of timing, our water and sanitary lines are expected to be installed uh, this year and next. And the town may, uh, based on the what is described in the plan, install a pedestrian trail through the plan area uh, as budgeting processes allow in the near future. And those things are, are driven by the town. The future development of the lands themselves is driven by the developer and by the market. So we don't know exactly when it will happen, but when it does, uh, it should be consistent with the infrastructure that we have there. In terms of the process, we are nearing the end of this process. We've been working on this plan since the beginning of 2020, uh, and that included public consultation and referring the draft document to Government of Alberta departments, school divisions, and holding a public consultation process. Uh, we did receive feedback through that consultation process, and we integrated that feedback into the plan document in May and June of this year and presented to Council the final document uh, for first reading in July of 2021, after which we did advertise uh, and hold a, or, and are now holding our public hearing. And then we hope to receive second and third reading. In terms of the plan content itself, uh, so we're all familiar with the Upper West Peace area of the town. This is a plan that applies to the lands that are just immediately north of the existing neighborhood which you can see in the, the plan area. <coughs> the plan area diagram, which is on the screen right now. Uh, so it is uh, an area of town that has a limited amount of development currently on it. There is an old gravel pit and it has been used as a bit of a uh, campground in the recent past. Some of the key constraints around it are the presence of Highway 684 and also the CN rail line that is to the north of the plan area. In terms of the future land use, uh, the plan calls for the development of at least one parcel that is residential, and then there are three parcels that are either residential or commercial, so the plan provides some flexibility in terms of how they will be built out. Um, and we also expect that the development will happen in three phases. So the first two parcels, which will necessitate the development of 102nd Avenue and the closure of 103rd Ave. And then the second two parcels would be part of phase three, and that would also require the development of 101st Avenue to connect to uh, what is currently 88th Street. 
In terms of the types of residential that could be developed in this area, it is a fairly broad mix, which is consistent with the lands that are immediately to the south. So we could have anything from a low-rise apartment building through to duplexes. I, I would not expect to see single detached here, but that is not in, out of the realm of possibility either. So it is a very broad uh, mix of what is possible. And the plan will require that the developer come back and redistrict the property once they have a better idea of specifically what they're hoping to develop. I have briefly touched on it, uh, but we, in terms of the transportation network, this plan necessitates the development or the continuation of 89th Street from where it currently exists through the plan area connecting to uh, 90th Street or Old Highway 2. That's the red line that is through the plan area on the diagram. And then there would be at the development of 102nd Avenue and 101st Avenue, and both of those developments would necessitate some road closures. Uh, this is based on Alberta transportation requirements and their desire to minimize the number of accesses that are along the highway and to ensure that the sight lines associated with each of those accesses are sufficient. There are also a number of accesses onto the property right now and those would need to be closed as part of this as well. So we've got four accesses that are shown on the, uh, the road closure diagram that would also close in addition to the, the road closures themselves. We have contemplated what that future road build-out could look like and anticipate having the trail that the town would be developing on the west side of the road and a sidewalk that would go along the east side where the developed parcels would be, in addition to two-way traffic and on-street parking. In terms of utilities, the diagram shows where our utilities are proposed to be aligned, so that's the sanitary and the water uh, systems. In terms of the storm, we have a basic stormwater concept, but would anticipate that the developer would have to provide additional information prior to the subdivision being finalized. So in addition to the two plan or to the plan document, we have two associated land use bylaw and municipal development plan amendments so that our planning framework is consistent. So the amendment to the municipal development plan amends our future land use map so that it is consistent and aligns with the future land use concept that is currently in the ASP. So it specifies that a certain the area to the east of the plan area is a mix of commercial and residential, which is consistent with it. And then the rest is a natural area, uh, which would require future amendments to the plan to develop prior to that development occurring. And then the land use bylaw amendment rezones what is currently a residential village estate district to our ag urban reserve district, which basically means it's in our holding district until the developer gets more specific in terms of what they want to develop and at which point they will have to come to the town for an amendment to the appropriate residential or commercial district to facilitate their development. So some of the key policy statements that I want to highlight within the um, within the plan document. Uh, it does direct that the town should consider amending the land use bylaw to allow cannabis retail within the neighborhood commercial district. That is the commercial district that would be most appropriate based on our current land use bylaw for this area. Uh, the developer has indicated their desire to have cannabis retail as an option. Uh, that proposal definitely has mixed uh, results in our community consultation. It was about a 50-50 of a support slash 
don't have an opinion and 50 opposed so that is a, a future decision of council the plan only directs that we consider it it doesn't direct exactly what the outcome will be so that will be for council to, to make that future decision uh, it also directs that the developer needs to apply for the road closures uh, consistent with the plan when they're doing their subdivision application and that the plan the town should adopt the road closure bylaw after the subdivision is endorsed by the subdivision authority I can take any questions that council might have about uh, the content of the plan. Councillors, any questions? Okay, then um, I would now call on those in favor of the bylaw to come forward. Doesn't look like anyone's coming forward. I would now call on those opposed to the bylaw to come forward. Okay, I will now call on any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. Okay, and councillors, no questions at this point in time. So, Ms. Modi, would you like to um, make a concluding statement to the presentation? Oh, thank you. I'll save recommendations for the, the bylaw process. Thank you. Okay, seeing that all presentations have been made, I now declare the public hearing closed at 5.17 p.m. us to presentations and I see that there's none uh, so that'll take us right into bylaws and there's a request for a decision on the upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan which is bylaw 2104 and uh, <clears throat> uh, I think there has it's been reviewed quite thoroughly but uh, I will uh, um, uh, I will ask councillors if they have any questions for Ms. Amadi. If there's none, I'll uh, call for second reading. Mr. Good, all in favor? Are we doing second reading of each of them or what's best? Uh, three Is there? Okay. So there's, so there's bylaw 2104, okay. Um, is it best, Ms. Modi, if we do each each and one individually for second reading and then go to third reading? I, I think it would be best to do okay. each individually, yes. So then there's bylaw 2105, which is Upper West Peace, North Area Structure Plan Amendment to uh, MDP. Uh, do I hear have a second reading? I, I can do uh, 2105, Your Worship, for second reading. Okay, isn't that what I said? 
So 2104 should be the first one? Yeah, I think we did that, Mr. Good. Oh, we didn't vote on it, though. Right? Okay. We should finish up 2104. Okay. So second, third of 2104, then second, third of 05? Uh, second, 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 third, third, third. Yes, the latter. Okay. So uh, all in favor of second reading on 2104. And that was Mr. Good's, Good's uh, motion. So we are now at 2105, and uh, Mr. Needham put it forward a, uh, a motion to go to, to uh, do second reading on that one. All in favor? In favor. <clears throat> and then there's uh, 2106, which is Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan Redistricting. And uh, is there somebody who wishes to make a uh, second reading here? Mr. Yeah, second reading on that one. And uh, does anyone want to discuss it further or ha have any questions for Ms. Marty? Seeing uh, no red lights on except mine, uh, I will, uh, Mr. Scam, we'll vote on Mr. Scamhorn's motion. All in favor for second reading? Okay. So we will now uh, rotate back and go back to 2104, which is the Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan. And uh, who wants to go make third reading on that? I would, Mr. Mayor. Okay, the Deputy Mayor, Ms. Manzer, has put that motion forward. All in favor? Then we have 2105. Bylaw 2105, Upper West Peace North Area Structured Plan Amendment to the Municipal Development Plan. Uh, who wishes to make third reading on that? Mr. Ford? Uh, I'll let you make the next one. Okay. All in favor? And so, um, um, <clears throat> Ms. Downing's on deck to. Uh, Make a motion for 2106 Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan Redistricting. Um, Ms. Downing, could you make that motion? Yep, thank you, Worship. Okay. So, um, any questions, Ms. Moody, or comments? None? All in favor? In favor. That was third reading, so that should be good. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. I see there's no unfinished business. We'll take us to new business. There's a briefing note here for the Municipal Planning Commission minutes for April 27th, 2021. Who's going to uh, address that? Was that? Well, it says a briefing note, so we we don't. Oh, okay. Okay. All in favor. Um, there's a request for a decision regarding interest charge relief. Um, this would be another uh, property tax item. Uh, good evening, Worshipping Council. Um, I'm just going to say before we get going, the affected person had hoped to call in but has not done so so i don't know if council wants to 
still deliberate on this or defer it until they are able to attend and answer any questions that council has all well why don't we defer it because they may very well call in and i'd rather not tell them uh too uh, too late too sad um yeah and we could absolutely work with that so i will uh, skip over that one and we'll go for a request for a decision on the peace valley funeral home grand opening and this one is this friday or which, what date is this? This is the 21st, which happens to be my anniversary. Okay. It, it, well, At the 20th, which is not my anniversary. <laughs> yes, it's I'll a probably week miss both of those, but yeah. A week Friday, okay. And uh, you're just looking for, uh, uh, <clears throat> if there's a motion to allow one or all counselors to attend. I'll, I'll move to allow all of council to attend as they see available okay um who's catering the event mr mcquick <laughs> they didn't specify sir there is a ribbon cutting uh there's i gather some speeches and the main event is a a ribbon cutting on the friday at i believe 7 p.m and then after that it's just a walk through and wow. presumably you can view the ribbon cuttings at five according to the briefing oh, sorry, notes my, so. my my apologies so, so do not show up at seven. That would not be helpful. Yeah. This so, is behind uh, the flooring store. Oh. Uh, by Cal Tire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, uh, so it's, I'll make it's walking distance. It's yeah. walking distance from your house, your yeah. worship. Yeah. So that's although when I'm on my deathbed, I don't think I'll be able to walk there. <laughs> well, okay. they'll have facilities for you there, though. So. <laughs> Somebody can drag me there. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> I'll remind my daughter. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, who is that? Someone making a motion? Yeah. I, for for all of council, you betcha. All in favor? Bring it. There's a request for a decision on the invitation to the Rhapsody Award Gala. Uh, <clears throat> I I did uh, I did tell the deputy mayor that I would be there uh, because she's going to be rather busy uh, handing out the wine <laughs> or turning the, the water into wine. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> Um, I don't know if we need more than one individual because uh, I well and, and if other people want to go that's fine uh, it's just that uh, it's a dinner so they certainly if you're gonna say you're gonna show up you should show up <laughs> this isn't uh, yeah I'll drop by hey mr. Ford your worship I put a motion on the floor that uh, the mayor designate be enabled to attend the Rhapsody Awards Gala on s September 17th. So is there anybody else that wanted to attend? Looks like the invitation is only for one. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the one the one person can bring somebody else. So somebody else in council wanted to go. That's kind of the way it goes. 
Yeah, we'll let you invite in there that I, I don't have a partner. <laughs> we'll let you invite that individual, whoever you choose. Uh, no, I, I won't be, I won't have somebody, an escort, so. Yeah, just getting feedback. Um, is there anybody else that wants to go to that? Okay, I, I'll, uh, I'll be there <coughs> to support uh, Ms. Manzer. <clears throat> okay, we have a request for decision. Uh, the appointment of an alternating alternate yep. sorry your worship my motion oh no. didn't we vote on it no i bet you it's going to be unanimous yeah <laughs> all in favor in favor you should have said not in favor and that way my bet would have i would have lost that bet um so we now have uh, a request for a decision on the appointment of an alternate Returning officer uh, due to the retirement of no. Mr. Craig <laughs> No, no, he hasn't retired. Okay. Um, uh, is there, uh, um, do you have uh, recommendations, Mr. Town? There are several, and I'll just speak to this really briefly. Um, so there were a couple options before council on um, recommendations for uh, returning officers since I will not be in town to do so. Uh, the, there's four options there, but we will speak to the the first option, which is the appointment of the CAO is, sorry, um, and this is for the alternate hmm. returning officer, just so we're clear on this. So, Ms. McQuaig will be the leading officer? Yes, Your Worship. Uh, per the legislation, I will step in as the returning officer, but there's no legislative provision for another layer of backup. This was Municipal Flair's recommendation that we at least, uh, Council at least appoint someone, and then they have the authority and will of Council. Okay. Yep, so again, the alternate returning officer um, we're recommending that the CAO be appointed that position. A um, whole bunch of advantages to doing so. Um, familiar um, with the role, has taken the required training to do so. Um, again, the experience is there, um, which we don't have with other staff members. So um, in order to ease the facilitation, especially since we're gonna be in a little bit of a pinch on this, um, and there was no one from the community we could engage to to do this in a timely fashion. The um, administration's recommendation is that council appoint the CAO, uh, Christopher Parker is the returning, alternate returning officer for the 2021 municipal election. Okay. Um, any questions of Mr. Town? There's no, I'll take a motion. Mr. Good. For, for the, recom uh, the recommendation. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Against? I'm assuming, uh, Ms. Downing, you were for? I was, you were. Okay. Not that it matters. Um, there was no recorded vote. <clears throat> okay. Um, that takes us to the update of the purchasing policy. Um, 
Is this the last thing you're going to do for us, Mr. Chairman? <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe so. Okay. Definitely. Um, I'm still here for another three weeks, so we'll. I could I could grind out some content before then. Um, so this item, Worship Council, is uh, considering updates to the town's purchasing policy. Okay. Uh, was last reviewed in 2020, but there's been some items that have. Uh, been identified that we should consider um, adding or incorporating um, and again this is also part of our review of other policies so something that staff came upon and this is the first change um, we're updating the code of ethics for municipal employees uh, which is a policy that will come before council in the upcoming months uh, there was an item there that um, discussed that uh, town staff should not receive gifts or or any type of um, uh, benefits from from suppliers um, so in the interest of streamlining policies we did not want to have similar wording in two different policies it should be in one place or the other um, otherwise if we do make a change we have to change in multiple places um, where we decided that fit best in the code of ethics policy so we're looking to remove the corresponding section which I'm just looking through is section 10.4 in the current policy um, and again, that will be included in the, the upcoming Code of Ethics uh, policy uh, changes. <coughs> Excuse me. There's also a second recommendation that we're looking for uh, consideration on, and that's to protect the town from incurring um, financial, operational, or legal costs due to disputes. <coughs> this would uh, permit the town to decline purchasing um, and or award bids in cases where vendors are in disputes with the town. Um, this is uh, th this practice is consistent it might be considered best practice in terms of um, dealing with with agencies or or groups that uh, within our purchasing uh, process because um, it will um, hopefully restrict or um, ameliorate or improve our um, purchasing uh, position and and processes going forward so there's an example there from the city of Edmonton which which talks about something similar to what we're proposing within uh, the policy um, specifically those changes are uh, within the definition section which um, talks about or defines dispute um, added a section under 217 that is the last item within that bulleted list um, which talks about that that might be part of a purchasing factor the town um, will consider when it's doing its evaluations and then the final section is an addition which is section 6.4.3 which discusses that the town will not accept tenders or award contracts um, when we are um, engaged either directly or indirectly in a dispute with uh, another organization or um, purchaser, person, supplier. So again, these are uh, safeguards um, against the town to allow us to um, continue to do, you know, expedient and, and proper purchasing by just um, formalizing some some uh, ground rules or policy items that the town might want to consider. Okay. 
expresses in this term. Suggestions for him? So you're looking for, there's, there's two changes and there's the uh, moving of the gifts off of there, but it's currently in the ethics policy, correct? The accepting of the gifts? Or is there going to be like this three-month free-for-all <laughs> until we get it in the other one where you guys can just kind of load up? I'm looking at Director McClay. I'm, I'm positive it is currently yeah. within that policy. Oh, okay. So you guys are going to walk in with a bunch of, you know, no, construction company jackets from some place <laughs> or another all of a sudden or anything. It's coming It's coming for council on the 23rd. What, the jackets or the wood <laughs> No, sir, the revised policy. Okay. And the, and, and the, uh, the, um, the other Paul that, that that's all in in the update right the, the, the you're mentioning about the um, if you're in dispute with whatever they have to settle that before you would consider further um, ultimately if, if we're in a dispute with a with, with an enterprise and that um, would could exclude them from from uh, purchasing with the town so I, I should have read this better. I apologize. Does it mean will or like could, should, shall? What What's the word here? I'm learning these words are very powerful. That's very true. We actually talked about this word on Friday. Because um, the word is will. The town will not accept, um, which is not absolute. That would be shall, but um, does um, generally mean that we will absolutely take that into consideration. Well, that's 6.4? 6.4.3. It's on page 6 of the of the policy document. Well, that must be a little So, question. Um, Mr. Mayor, I note on the 6.43, um, it says they will not accept this tender or award a contract if uh, the company was in a uh, dispute with the town of Peace River within two years prior to. So, um, if a dispute is settled uh, a, a year ago and the tender is due tomorrow, that means that contractor is not part of the process. Um, my and again it comes down to the word will and I'm actually looking at Director McClay because we had yeah. talked about this on Friday how the word will um, I'll, I'll let you yeah and that that is the intent of the, the paragraph as stated in there currently is that a, a contractor who is in dispute uh, with the town or, uh, would not be able to bid on a further contract for two years. But I guess that begs the question of what we're considering a dispute and like if it's amicably resolved, uh, then I think we also say uh, 
So there again, we say will. So there's a bit of discretion there on behalf of the town uh, to, to look at that. It's not a shell, which is an absolute, it's more of a will. So that is our general intent or our general uh, kind of modus operandi, if you will, about how we would treat uh, a corporate entities that's been in a, a legal dispute with us. So there again, I think you have to kind of uh, look at each case uh, on a case-by-case -case basis, you know, what the legal dispute was, what the outcome was, uh, if it was resolved amicably, was it uh, uh, resolved in a case where uh, we had to settle with the contractor. Uh, so all those kind of things come into play within that. Well, I, I would uh, say will not is just a, ver a future version of shall not. Um, to me, will is pretty definitive. Um, I think you, and, and given that we, we don't always have a lot of contractors bidding and making it the process competitive, you may want to put down the town, um, may not. May not or is under yeah, no and, obligation. And we could soften that a little bit by going to a may instead of a will. Well, yeah, I, I think I want to give you the right to uh, to refuse the tender, but at the same time, I, I don't want. And yeah, I don't want us to in. exclude people that may, like you, you even said it yourself, it may be an amicable dispute, mm -hmm. um, and it may only be over a small amount of money in terms of the project, so um, yeah, I, my preference is that you would you'd soften the language a bit so that you keep your options open, but at the same time, you don't want to uh, open a, uh, you don't want people coming into this, this room and pounding on the table and saying why, why am I not being given a May? So, but yeah, I, I prefer a softer language, so. Mr. Good. Uh, one, one question I have, uh, Mr. McGuigan, is that section 6.4.2 says the, the town reserves the right to reject any and all tenders or whatever, mm -hmm. and it reserves the right to accept the tender other than those of those stating reasons. And it says when the person submits its bid, they waive the right to contest in any proceeding. So where I'm a bit cloudy on this is, they're saying they can't enter into an action against the town regarding the bid. I mean, to some extent, they have no recourse regard with anything That's we do. Um, you technically can spin the bottle and take take a bid. As long as you didn't talk about it, you could technically do that. Yeah. Um, so there's no recourse on the part of the bidder, but then you're talking about with when you're in an action. So 
But they don't have the right to an action. That's correct. But the action might not be over a bit. And that, might that is fairly like, typical for most municipalities is, is this type of wording. Right. The action might be over something else, like after in the middle of the job, a tree fell down and wrecked a machine who pays for it and you're disputing over that, that could cause a future bid to be in jeopardy for that company depending or in a lot, of, a lot of ways, you know, you you could get a company that submits a very unfairly low bid because they know that they can make it up in extras, right? right? So it kind of takes the that part away from it, and also the sheer fact is you get what you pay for, right? Uh, so I, if somebody not, submits a bid by half. And I'm you not disagreeing with that at all. I'm just I'm questioning the. Um, and yeah, what you're saying is, is how do you have a non-appealable decision by a group where that where the decision without 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 recourse to the courts you have an unfettered situation? No, that's correct, and and that's the town you want to protect yourselves first, right? I'm not so much worried about. Right, the, the contractor at that point, it's, I have to protect the town. So the, the right, and agreeing with that, the contractor then could attempt an action and then that would go through all of the steps, am I correct? Well, yeah, they could still present an action, right, and go through the courts. Right, and it's a but, question uh, whether the courts would allow it, being as yeah. they've agreed not to have one. Yeah, but I will okay. say that there is case precedent on this okay. and where uh, uh, the courts have upheld the ability for the town to deny a tender based on strictly the low bid. Okay, I'm, I'm fine. I just wanted more of a clarification and understanding. Okay. Yeah, I think your your wasn't your point is we've got six four two, so doesn't that make six four three redundant? Is that what you were saying? Almost, but I think what, I, what I'm getting to here is that we want two nails in the coffin, not just one. Okay, so I mean, I can see that. But name it, nail it twice. It gives them two hoops to jump through. So, are you going to go back and try and soften this language in consultation with your your peers? Yeah, we'll talk to our uh, legal team on this one as well and just make sure that it's not going to create any undue issues that way. But uh, so we'll definitely talk to them about softening, softening that one will to a may. So I, I will add that um, this was wording that was provided by um, our legal representation. Um, and I think there might be some problems with considering the word may um, because we don't really define under what circumstances we may or may not consider, whereas will is far more certain. May is open to interpretation, and then ultimately who makes that decision and what is the process around that. So um, the town does have, you know, the, 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 you know we're just looking for um, ways that are fairly concrete in terms of protecting the town without trying to uh, have wording in our policies where it could be open to interpretation um, 
you know, whether that's at the staff level, because what does that really mean if we may, and what exclusions would be in place for that? And that, that could be more problematic than having solid wording. Well, if I was a staff person and, and it said the town will not accept a tender or award, I turned around to the contractor and I said, can't accept your uh, contractor award or uh, I can't accept your, your, bid. your bid because that's what it says in the policy here. It says will not. Uh, I, I, I just find that um, pretty definitive. Um, and uh, you know, just because our legal counsel says it doesn't mean that they're right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe go back and just say that certainly one one individual, one counsel feels that's that's uh, that's a bit too. Uh, restrictive and and if you say will not but you you feel it does give you some discretion and you accept somebody's contract somebody's bid does that not give a competitor an opportunity to say hey it says you can't you can't accept that that bid from from that individual so, or that company um, and therefore you, you have to accept mine because it's the only other bid out there uh, so even if it's a million dollars more <laughs> but you know what I'm saying here yeah so within that you know we can look at that option or we could if we do have will if we retain the will in there what we could do is maybe uh, be a little more precise on terms of what types of litigation would fall under that, right? So there again, if we're amicably resolved on a situation, that is that treated the same way? So we can explore that with our legal counsel and see if there's any options under that. Yeah, okay. I'd be prepared to um, that we direct administration to further amend or to bring something back, to bring this back to us after looking at it. Good. I'll make that motion. Okay. Uh, any other comments around the table? Yeah, you were, I, I guess I'm okay with the language change, but I, I don't see anything wrong with providing uh, a carrot and stick in this policy. I, I think you need to tell contractors that bid on all projects that these are the rules of their own and god damn it uh you, you got to do your share and, and we're gonna we're gonna hold your nose to the fire and uh it, when, if we get in a dispute we've told you up front that there could be some consequences down the road and i wouldn't use that as a threat i'm just saying that's the stick that says and yes there are other future projects there are many contractors in this town who have done work in this town for 20 plus years and I suspect they'll continue to do so. But I, I hate these things that fester and when we get in disputes with contractors and I hear stories of this is taking six months to resolve, uh, th that's that's not good for us either. So I, I, if, if administration can come up with some words, that's fine. Uh, I, I think the notice to the contractor is that 
you know, we, we're running a tight ship. We want you to deliver and deliver it on time. We want to deliver it on budget. And if, and if things go sideways, uh, we may not look at you in, in the future. So I see the carrot and the stick in this thing. So I'm, uh, I'm okay with Mr. Good's uh, motion. Well, uh, um, yeah, my point is that I think this, this will, uh, uh, in fact, it somewhat ties your hands because if there's a, another bidder out there who may have a higher bid, uh, you, you can't accept the lower, lower bid because the guy's in a dispute with you over $5,000 in wages or something like that. So anyhow, there's a motion on the table, and uh, we'll just vote on that. Oh, um, I was just curious. That like, the word dispute is with the capital D. Uh, what is? And I, you had mentioned something about maybe drilling down on that a little bit more, because uh, that was kind of a question I have that maybe is is um, obsolete now. But the yeah, yeah, like what's the extent of dispute? So if you got if you're already on your way down that trail, I'll I'll, I'll leave that, and we can. Yeah, just yeah, maybe that's the. Uh, Maybe that's the compromise. After dispute, you put greater than or percentage, or I'm not sure what what would work. I'm, I'm Six thousand dollars or some percentage, I guess. Because I see what you're saying, Mr. Needham, about having, um, you know, you need you need you need some ammo in your in your own uh, on your own side there too. But but yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, if someone's in a dispute, no one knows. Is that a public thing? Like, would the other company necessarily know that you're in a dispute with the company Y and company X? Are, are they aware of that? Is it is it a big, huge? So it's a pretty small community in, in Peace River. So, so yeah. Well, you're not. Yeah. Do you, Do you want to weigh in here, Ms. Uh, Ms. Downing? Your Worship, I in how the discussion has gone. Um, you know, wording is one, it seems a little too constricting, um, but at the same time, Councilman even makes a good point. However, I am a little confused on what the actual motion is as it stands right now. Uh, so, can you re restate your motion? Um, that we direct administration to further amend the purchasing policy, which means that they will come back to us with a after considering the items that were brought up today and bring it back for reconsideration. Councillor, may I restate that just for a little clarity to amend the purchasing policy to further consider uh, limitations on dispute and how the policy uh, limits or right, and I'm constraining them from bringing back an identical one to tonight saying we've looked into it and we feel that we have the best wording. So that's why, that's why I'm saying to reconsider, but not necessarily to redraft. So uh, you're going to make the amendment actually state re reconsider it then? To bring back for reconsideration. Whatever wording you have to do. I think you know what my intent is on that. Ms. McQuaid, do you want I, to I believe. If you, if you just give me a moment to get the yep. words down, and then I can read yeah, it back. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. That'll give the, uh, the the tax disputer a few more seconds to call in. 
So what I have is uh, move that council direct staff to further amend the purchasing policy to reconsider the nature of a dispute and the limitations it may place on the award of contracts. Can you do it with the list you gave us last week even better? Move that this item be postponed until the next meeting. You guys know what you're looking at. Leave it at that. Okay. So okay, move, what, what's move your be postponed that item that this item be postponed until next meeting. Okay. Which is April, oh, which is August 24th. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. <coughs> Okay, uh, all in favor of Mr. Good's motion. In favor. Okay, good show. <clears throat> okay, that, um, we'll go to reports. Um, so uh, there's a corporate service report uh, that's um, <clears throat> first, which is on the on deck first, on deck circle first. And, um, um, Mr. Town, this will probably be the last time you get to speak to this report. Is there anything you want to highlight? <laughs> perhaps you, perhaps all your wins over the last how many years? Five, six? Uh, five and a half years. Um, won't take a victory lap yet. Um, but uh, just normal summertime activities, spending a lot of time. And I'll speak on behalf of the CAO also. Um, doing a lot of work on our um, emergency plan, which um, has been now approved by council. Um, again, kudos to uh, Ms. Quake for all of her work on that. Um, work on the upcoming municipal election and uh, work around that. We're short staffed during the summer, so a lot of people away. Um, been doing communication work throughout the organization, so various people have, have taken up the, uh, the mantle for, for that type of work. Um, Taxes and tax billings and collections have gone fairly well. No major issues there. Um, and just other work is, as needed. Okay. Any questions on that corporate services report, Mr. Ford? Yeah, my question is actually for uh, Chief Harris. And under the fire department, number of calls year to date, July 31st, 2021. I know I've asked. Uh, this question in the past is the alarm calls I see up to uh, 35 percent um, so are these a lot of these alarm calls are they uh, are they repetitive in from years past with uh, building alarms going off and are you invoicing uh, repetitive calls for that no they're not really repetitive <coughs> to a single <coughs> business or, or residence we, we, we see an uptick in alarm calls, but with more people um, having residential fire alarms, usually tied into their security system. So we are getting a lot more residential alarm calls than business calls. And it's usually set off by cooking. Hey, thank you. We have uh, the couple with the power outages last week, a couple of businesses that do send fire alarms whenever the power goes out, comes back on and I'm following up on those to get the problem corrected. So what you're saying is uh, 
a lot of residences now are contracting out their their alarms to a central depot and that depot gets the alarm and calls you basically yeah a lot of the uh security systems i don't know tele security systems other security systems that people have they can always tie in a smoke alarm mm -hmm. so they do that and then um, so it does get a signal often we get the notification that it's a false alarm cooking no need to respond while we're responding but uh, it's just the one duty officer that responds to those calls initially. Okay. Yeah. But do you see those going up rather than down? Yeah. How much of a burden is that on your department given that some of these probably come in at 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock at night? It is, um, it's a burden on the duty officer that's why I showed the two graphs of the number of calls and the number of man hours and the number of calls alarms always does seem a significant part of what we do. Um, but the actual man hours, it's still structure fires and motor vehicle accidents. So it is a burden on the duty officer, but it is just one person. Unless we hear a report of smoke or fire in the premises, then we'll bring everybody. And the peace officers, or don't serve as duty officers. These are just your own. No, for these are just the fire duty officers. Either myself or one of the other mm -hmm. uh, officers. Okay. I uh, think uh, it, it's it's good public. I can do some public information about making sure you're. Um, where of your smoke alarm? A lot of people don't know how to shut it off, or they don't know the phone number. The monitoring company, the monitoring company, phones the number they have on file. <coughs> well, the answer is the wrong number. Uh, so I can do some around that, but I don't want to discourage people to have smoke alarms and you know, unmonitored alarms because it does let us know that there's something going on. So, yeah, it's a good thing, but it just needs to be uh, monitored. Yeah. Um shower uh, when, well at least in my house if you turn the shower on you can get the fire alarm going off you don't want to be running for the phone <laughs> naked and that's kind of why I asked that question because I do have one of those systems and I've had my uh, my system go off and uh, just because of the steam coming out of uh, the main washroom so if you're responding to a false alarm like I would be almost thinking that if you're coming to my house on a false alarm like that, that I'm probably going to see a little bit of a bill. There is, uh, there is provisions in, in the fire services by law to bill for nuisance calls. Um, and if it was the same address multiple times, then I would look at charging that. I'm, I'm just hesitant to charge people for calling the fire department. Because even a cooking fire, like smoke from a or on the stove or the oven. If there wasn't anybody in the house and it was just a pot on the stove that was left on, that would develop into actual fire. And so I, we need to know about that, so I don't want to discourage us knowing that. Um, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And just the other thing I'll, I'll point out from the uh, peace officers, so we did have a vacant position. We, uh, I reviewed, uh, a, a large number of resumes. We interviewed um, five potential candidates, and we did hire one potential one candidate 
who will be starting on August the 17th. So and we'll be back up to two okay. full time. And that individual is indigenous to this area? <laughs> not necessarily indigenous in terms of race, but... Um, not this no, area, is he a local or is she a local? local? No, um, From okay. the Yellowhead County area. Oh, okay. That's but he is uh, fully trained, he has the, well, so this is a general course, um, so we don't need to put him through any training, there's just a couple of small courses mm -hmm. he needs, and he has bylaw and peace officer experience. Mm. Should be able to hit the ground running. Mm. Good. Thank you. Uh, <coughs> the, uh, th that would take us to community services monthly report. I should just mention to Ms. Downing that Ms. Bell isn't in the audience, so <clears throat> I don't know if you want to ask any questions. <laughs> I didn't really have anything this month. Okay. Anybody else have any questions on the community services? I'm not sure if there's anyone here that can answer that, but it doesn't sound like it. So the pool is open. And uh, does that also include uh, so free swims or community swims, uh, there's no, no people restriction? I, th I think they're sort of wrapping up back to their, okay. their regular operations. Um, I know they're struggling a little bit to bring back their staff. Right. Um, casual lifeguards that hadn't been working much over the last year have gone on to other things. and. Well, not so they're they're doing that, but um, it sounds like numbers are down, and but people are slowly coming back. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, maybe we should just go to the engineering report. I know that's an addition. Um, anything you want to underscore here, Mr. Uh, Mr. McQuig? Uh, yes, Your Worship. Uh, so first off, uh, we've got a, a new hire, a new Machine Operator 3 lead, which uh, we're very uh, glad to welcome back Alan Johnson, who used to work for the town a number of years ago. So he has uh, decided to rejoin uh, the town's ranks as a Machine Operator 3 lead. So we're looking very forward to getting his experience uh, back with the town. He was. Uh, working with Northern Sunrise uh, for a while and a couple other entities. Uh, so we're kind of uh, getting some of that experience back for ourselves. So we're really encouraged by that. Uh, we've spent a lot of time this, uh, this month concentrating on the wastewater plant and trying to get that situation under control. And uh, as you may or may not know, our by the time we had our temporary clarifier in place and when the clarifier decided to actually quit, it was probably about three days. So we were, it was just in time to have that piece of equipment in. Uh, we've been sorting out a couple of issues on uh, getting the right uh, size of screening in there for that temporary clarifier and we're getting that resolved. Uh, we are slightly in contravention right now uh, mm -hmm. 
with our system. Uh, we've discussed that with environment. They're very much aware and uh, sent also a note to, to Mercer today on that uh, to advise them of, of that situation there. We're hoping to get that back under control by end of August once we get uh, uh, the centrifuge in place and can clean out the aeration tank and the existing clarifier and can uh, look to uh, kind of use that as a temporary storage medium for the time being. So we're working forward uh, in that and, and solving those issues. One of the big issues that we have right now is just wait, waiting for our groundwater table to subside to the point where we can empty the clarifier. So we're kind of testing that on a daily basis uh, with our geotechnical engineer, and, uh, but we're, we feel confident we should be able to, to move forward with that. And we're also looking at very up, various options uh, as uh, backup uh, plans for that as well, including some dewatering issues or dewatering options. Public works have uh, been fairly busy uh, around town with uh, support in uh, water and wastewater operations. We've had a number of leaks that we've had to repair around town. We're continuing on our pothole patching. Uh, planning and development have been very active in the PV Mart development uh, and also the Métis development applications and trying to make sure that we're not being impediment on that and making sure we can speed those applications through and uh, I think we've had a lot of good success uh, with that. The Shaftesbury Trail project is starting up, uh, so we should be having an open house, I think, believe it's on the 19th of August. So we'll have another session with the public to uh, sit down with them and just revisit uh, timelines and schedule of what is happening in their particular areas of interest. Uh, and basically what we're looking at this year is concentrating on the replacement of roof station number four. So we've been busy at, uh, looking at approvals for equipment and whatnot for that uh, with our consultant. Uh, and we've got a couple other projects that are also on the go. Uh, we've got the RFP currently out in the street for Pats Creek mitigation. Uh, so looking at upstream mitigation options uh, engineering for that so that closes in about a week and a half uh, that was uh, that study to get done this year recommending uh, next steps uh, to go forward on that our lagoon uh, project is on the go uh, it's currently in survey as is the sand and salt shed so we've got uh, a, mm -hmm. a lot of work going on behind the scenes right now yeah so when you mentioned excursions on your uh, clarifier, is that just TSS or is that TSS and BOD? Uh, both TSS and CBOD. Okay. <laughs> so more so probably on the TSS side. Yeah. Uh, I think our TSS levels were around 85 milligrams per liter, oh, where we okay. should be around 25. Yeah. Uh, the CBOD is probably less so, they're at 28.5, yeah. somewhere around there where our approved uh, limit is 25. Yeah. Well, those TSSs are just bags of DOD. Um, um, yeah, there's no need to contact Mercer. We're on the other side of the river. You, we don't even mix by the time you get to us. Yeah, that, uh, that was environment. They would 
wanted us to reach out to. Did they ask? Did they ask to reach out to CNRL because their water intake is on this side of the river? Not that you'll even affect that. Probably no, but I can send a note to them as well, just to know to be considerate. The environment doesn't even know who's withdrawing water from what side of the river. So, mm -hmm. um, the last page, twenty-five to twenty-five, is that a new page? I don't think I've seen that one before. All the pages that are in there, pages we normally have in here. So this one uh, just talks about. Uh, yeah. Complaints resolved, new in progress. Yeah, that, and that's been in there in previous months as well. Oh, okay. No, that's a good, uh, good graph. Yeah. Okay. Any questions, Mr. McQuaid? You gave a pretty good, pretty thorough briefing, I thought. So. Okay. Um, so there's. <coughs> A uh, meeting with Ministers Chandro and Madhu. Um, <clears throat> I believe Mr. Scamahorn met with those ministers. I don't know what the date was. It's the last council meeting. We had a meeting <laughs> that day. I think, or a GNP meeting or something or other, or a special meeting. I don't know. It was on when we had a meeting, so I kind of was trying to be in two places at once. Oh, that was the one where you were late? Yes, that was, okay. that was why I was late. I was working, I swear. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a picture that, that was taken at Sunday Daniel's Facebook page in a minute. So in case you're wondering, yes, is, I can prove it, that I was Is actually, it dated? It's, <laughs> it's good. We're good. At, anyways, um, so Minister Shandro was there first. Um, he was mentioning about some of their their goals as far as uh, reduction in, in, in wait times and in, in, in the increased capacity of, of uh, surgeries and other treatments. Um, he was t so the, the key word there is uh, independent providers uh, was, was the word that they used. A lot of people would use the word private kind of thing, um, which it, kind of a, it, I guess it's a bit of a misnomer, I suppose, in a way, because people think that that's pay to play. It, it, it isn't, it's independent providers, which, which all levels of government use all the time anyways. So, so they're looking at, uh, at, at some of those solutions to help uh, increase the capacity. I did ask him about uh, negotiations with healthcare workers. That is all done through uh, Treasury, so that's all Minister Tays. Um, so he he didn't, couldn't really you know kind of weigh in on on much of that because well he is the health minister he's not the health negotiator that's a, that's a money thing. So while everyone's upset with him about yeah. this, it's actually not his thing. So uh, so everyone out there and and all three of you that are going to listen to this podcast or whatever, uh, you know who to complain to I guess about that if you wish to complain about it. Um, once he was finished, Mr. Madhu was able to, to come in. Um, the, the big thing that he was mentioning um, was around the, well, he did talk about rural crime. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of rural, uh, rural partners at the meeting as well. So rural crime was, was quite a big uh, topic there. So he started with that. There was a little bit of discussion around um, 
you know, people seeing this idea of, you know, kind of catch and release sort of idea, you know, the same people that seem to be, uh, you know, are arrested for various things. They, they, they get into the, uh, the court system and boom, they're back on the street really quick, reoffending. Uh, what's what's up with that? Can we can we do something about that? And and he did say, you know, there's 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 limitations. You you guys really don't want me involved in the judiciary side of things. That's not that's there's there's a line there that that you know I can't really you know and nor do I want to flirt with. So he did mention about that. Um, the, the the bulk of his uh, message was around a provincial police force. So. You know, originally we did have the RCMP come here and they were discussing, you know, discussing that. Since that time, uh, the numbers have changed more than somewhat. You guys are probably already aware about the, uh, the uh, union negotiations between the federal government and the RCMP, which we get to pay for, um, interestingly enough. So that, that's going to be quite a big... Did big he actually say that? That the uh, municipalities were going to be well, for we're that? we're both like because the province, you'll recall, pays for a large more you know portion of the RCMP costs in the province, and and we especially being a town of over five thousand people, so he did say you know I don't want to have to pass these costs on to to you guys you know any more than I already did, which set everyone around the table groaning, and I stopped them all and said, listen, you guys. I don't want to hear it from any of you about complaining about police costs because, um, as per you know, Mr. Good's comments the other day, we could actually run this town cheaper by splitting it into two towns and not paying for our CMP costs at all and electing a whole new council um, just by virtue of being less than 5,000 people. So I did mention that to Mr. Madhu, which he thought was interesting. Um, he also mentioned about uh, establishing a provincial police force and he said well here's here's the idea is uh currently we send a bunch of money to ottawa we have no say we send a bunch of money to the training depot um we get officers in from outside of alberta they come here they're green we we don't get full service from them in their first few um, months or years on the job because they're still training, you know, they're paired up with somebody else. Um, lots of the time we see these officers putting in five years, they're doing a good job or whatever, but then they, you know, they, they, they take transfers, they go out of province, they, they end up going maybe closer back to home where they were from and, and that kind of thing. So we said, you know, if we are training Albertans in Alberta, if we're going to build a school in Alberta, we're going to be spending our money in our province with local contractors we're going to be getting return on that instead of it leaving the province and and staying out of it um, uh, a greater effort and emphasis on community policing which we you know which uh, which which is sort of fallen by the wayside you know as as uh, as uh, as has happened uh, you know a little bit with with um, officers coming into to the province from out of the province working in a community and then and then leaving that community um, as opposed to building a rapport in the community which we've seen that be very effective with many of our officers here that have stayed long term um, and yeah so it's the you know it's 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 not as um, it's not as simple as just well it would be too expensive to build a training facility so you know forget it let's not do it you know the, there's 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 a there was a very good case to be made by him 
that was made by him there at that meeting. So, uh, yeah, uh, he did provide a document which I would have to get an electronic copy of and could share it with everybody uh, that, that sort of outlined some of the stuff. And you guys have heard of the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the commission report that they did. Uh, they spent a couple million bucks, had a firm, you know, kind of look into the, the costs of this. and. Well, this is the, the KPMG. Is that that? Yeah, that's the one that I'm thinking of. Anyway, so yeah, it was it was it was interesting in that um, you know my my initial impression of of going to a provincial police force was was kind of like yeah that's that's kind of a it's kind of a lousy idea. So I was quite cool to the idea until you know you really saw him lay out the the process there and, and what the possibilities might be. So. So it was uh, it was it was really informative meeting. I was glad to have been able to go to it. So before you move on, uh, sure. So just to uh, on Deputy Manzer's question, did he really say that? So I wasn't there at that meeting, but mm -hmm. the next meeting, um, um, our MLA Dan Williams said uh, basically said, "Yeah, you're paying for it." So. Uh, the thing that disturbs me is okay we'll end up paying for that and at the same time um, the province is uh, basically taking um, more of the fine income the fines income back which we used to get to help pay for whatever's so you know it's a two-way thing even the statement well we won't you won't be charged more well yeah but will we have less income because you're taking it away on the other side so I, I still wonder about the whole thing. Right. And uh, just on the uh, on the training stuff and assigning uh, assigning uh, uh, graduates from uh, the training depot out of Regina is uh, when Mr. Needham and I went there, we we were told uh, that they actually try. Uh, so the in the old days, you would you wouldn't assign an officer to his or her uh, home province. Well, nowadays, uh, if if that officer graduate wants to go back to their, they they actually uh, canvass them, ask them where they want to go, and they try to accommodate them. So uh, you do get actually quite a few Albertans, so uh, 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 Sergeant uh, Dave Brown is originally from Edmonton and he's a long, long time employee up here. Um, uh, Jesse Onassis, I don't know where he, or Anassi, I don't know where he's actually originally from, but uh, it, it's, it's like people, engineering staff at Mercer or uh, or um, uh, professionals that go into uh, uh, NMP. Um, a lot of them start out uh, coming up here thinking, oh, it's a s small town, I'll get to do everything. I'll get uh, good broad experience. But they're here on a five-year plan like somebody else was. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they they move on, and we we see it in our community all the time. Like I've I've said, uh, every uh, th 
three years is when it was when elections were on a, on a three-year basis is 30% of the town is turned over and uh, and we see it even in our peace officers we're poaching uh, and then people poach off us and uh, generally people they'll start out north and and the wife's or the spouse says yeah this is as far north as I'll go and if you're gonna make another career move it's got to be south so uh, and five hours away from the city of Edmonton um, I know we now have a double lane highway which has made a big difference but when it was a single lane highway and you you're trying to go get down to Edmonton that was that was pretty tough going and five hours when people in Edmonton they look at a, a map up here and they go oh five hours yeah um, I, I think we we'd rather go to Jasper or Lake Louise so yeah I don't think it's that straightforward oh I don't I don't suppose that it is but it, it was it was like I said it was very it was very good representation of his of, of the minister's position and and uh, the impression that I got from the meeting was, this is, this is, this is happening. So, if, I don't think it's going to be fast, but like I said, if, if I were to sum up my interpretation of what was being said there, it would be, this is, this is moving. Uh, he was very clear on saying, it's not that we don't support, like, a lot of people, you don't want to conflate um, a lack of support with the RCMP for a lack of support for law enforcement. And I think that was something something he, he took great pains to make clear. It's like, we, we, we love law enforcement. He said every every RCMP officer in Alberta, I'd hire them tomorrow as uh, as uh, provincial police officers. If, you know, if this were to be, you know, if I could wave my magic wand and do it, you know, kind of thing. So, so there was certainly, you know, as, as far as his support for law enforcement, it was, it was, you know, very unwavering. And he's got, uh, you know, there, there are two, well, there's three, three municipal police forces in the province already, uh, you know, operating independently. So it's certainly not something that's yeah, exactly one of, one of them, which he wants to disband, which is that, uh, Lethbridge one, right? I believe that's the oldest one. Yeah, that's the one where uh, where uh, the former minister of the environment for the NDP came from, and and there were a couple of police officers that decided that they'd do some independent checks on her her criminal record and so on and so forth. So, and he asked for a report, and he got one, and he wasn't very happy with it, but. Uh, in terms of what they were going to do to reform their, their police force. I don't know where it's at right now. So anyways, that's what I was able to gather from that one. Um, the other meeting with uh, Ministers Panda Fur and, help me out with this one, Mrs. McQuaig, who's the... Uh, McNally. De yeah. And uh, Tanya Fur. Yes, so um, well, you, you were at that one as well. We, we kind of got everyone sort of went around the table and, and shared their concerns. We kind of bounced all over the place a little bit. It wasn't quite as, um, you would say, poignant as the last one that I was at. Uh, 
sport hard roundtable oh, discussion okay. on all kinds of, well, you know, all kinds of things. Um, so. So yeah, so uh, Northern Sunrise County, would you say they took up most of the most of the year? I'm not sure why that is. I... So, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was focused. There was a lot of talk about rural broadband, yeah, rural and, broadband. And, and you know that 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 certainly uh, did you know did take up a. I quite wanted a bit to of say, well, time. why don't you just move into town? You know, funny. Uh, just because it crossed my mind doesn't mean I said it. Believe it or not, I do stop myself from time to time. Um, there was some discussion around uh, the uh, petroleum industry and companies uh, paying the uh, you know their taxes on on some of these leases and whatever else. And, and um, I think a big solution to that was getting you know payment plans and, and just you know working out to to make sure that municipalities you know in the end they're they're they are made whole just you know over time and and you know just being good partners with with those companies and, and trying to make sure that uh, everybody gets you know gets gets theirs in the long term and is able to operate and stuff so that that's that's been the primary solution there that, yeah. that and Dan McNally mentioned that uh, the default rate has gone down so to speak there's mm -hmm. um, people are stepping up and paying their taxes and their back taxes so. Um, well, so uh, they, you did bring up the uh, Ms. McQuake's. Uh, yes, uh, Ms. McQuake did send in a recommendation. Our legislative services coordinator did send in a recommendation about uh, for red tape reduction around streamlining the grant process. Um, I would prefer if it was only streamlined for us and not everybody else because it is quite a competition to get those. But. Uh, no, I thought that was funny. So, um, but it was a recommendation. We'll yeah. See. So, just quick on that. The uh, uh, I got the impression that uh, they may have heard that before, um, and to and for so we had Williams there. We had Tanya Fur there, who's who's pretty new. Three weeks the, on the job. So three weeks on the job, and Dan, is it Dan McNally? Or, it isn't Dave McNally. It's Dan McNally, and uh, they kind of their eyes glazed over. Um, it was kind of like, oh, we don't want to get down in the weeds. Um, but they did have staff there, so I don't know how much they uh, they picked up on that. But I, I think it's almost one of those things where the criticism has to be uh, cons constructive in the sense that you almost have to hand them a, a form or a format that they would they would go, oh, this is good. We'll try and implement it. But I, I can see, I can very well see that they, and maybe why their eyes glaze over is you get down into all these departments and the bureaucrats all have a reason for putting in their own questions or information requests so so but but maybe uh, if you if you do have ideas um, maybe you want to uh, Pound it out and put it onto a piece of paper so that 
Um, <coughs> so they have a you kind of got to hand, definitive hand, solution. Build the parade and hand them a baton kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I also brought up our concern around the length of time that it took to reimburse the town for the emergency sheltering and that process. So we, we discussed that process quite a bit at our at our meeting with the, for emergency procedures. So I was able to, to bring that up as well and said, you know, we're happy to do it. We'll do it again. We did it longer than anybody else. We beat Grand Prairie, you know, kick their butts inside and out and our town staff. Uh, you know, really brought home the wind for us on that one. But, you know, the check just cleared the other day and that wasn't exactly uh, the kind of a timeline that, you know, our cash flow, uh, uh, you know, operates very well in and stuff. So, so um, the, they have their own uh, bureaucratic hoops to jump through and there's the federal side of things to, to move with through and, and everything else. So um, I think you, uh, you put it well when you said, I think they heard that one before too, so. Uh, so, uh, Dan McNally, um, he, 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 uh, so he's Minister of Electricity, Natural Gas. Yeah, basically the uh, electrical like, distribution system. Yeah. So, uh, he made an interesting comment, uh, or a couple of interesting comments. He said, <coughs> He said, "In this part of the uh, of Alberta, we are overbuilt when it comes to the electrical distribution system." Um, so I went, "Oh, we're overbuilt." Well, uh, put us uh, first in line then for a small, small modular nuclear reactor, and uh, well, that opened up some discussion. But uh, it's. Um, and the rurals were actually happy to hear that. Um, so uh, the uh, yeah, the rurals were happy to hear that. They did say that Sandra Savage is actually the minister, the minister responsible for uh, for nuclear reactors, small or otherwise. And then he walked back this. Uh, this overbuilt, he said, and I think you had left the room. Maybe. And he said, yeah, I, I say that it's overbuilt. The ASO, the Alberta Electrical System Operator, who actually runs the, runs the electrical distribution system, he said, they would say that it's robustly built as opposed to overbuilt. And then he, he used an analogy of, uh, yeah, if, if uh, he said there's no congestion in the uh, electrical grid, and that's like having an eight-lane highway uh, for, between Edmonton and Calgary, so that there's no congestion. I don't know if that was a, a fair analogy, um, but he did kind of walk back that, uh, that overbuilt comment. Um, he did make a comment about, uh, what, what is that, the, uh, we're all paying for, for deferral during the pandemic. Uh, some people weren't able to keep up with their electrical bill, so there's a one-time payment. It was the provincial, um, 
system that said certain customers could defer their electrical payments and so on. So I think that all uh, all all customers now get to pay for that. Okay, great. Um, uh, so I think we can call, close that off, I, Mr. Scammer. And any yeah, other I, I think we got the uh, okay. And August the third, twenty twenty one, draft meetings of the Peace Regional Healthcare Attraction or Retention Committee. Do you want to say anything on that, Ms. It was just basically organizing the Rhapsody uh, Awards event on September the seventeenth. Okay. And can I get a motion to accept the uh, the reports for information, Mr. Good? All in favor? Ms. Downey. Okay. Um, so we're at 6:35. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna hand over the chair to you. Are we gonna do the tax relief thing? I, I don't. Well, he hasn't shown up. We'll deal with that after uh, the closed session. So someone would move us to go to closed session, Mr. Ford. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh. We are live. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll make the freeze. <laughs> uh, Your Worship, I could speak to the next agenda item if you like. Why are you? Uh, is it your tax relief? Here? No, no. I was going to. It's it's not my tax relief. I, I'm glad you pointed that out. But I perhaps I should come up with some lame duck excuse and throw it before council. Uh, I thought Mr. Town did an excellent job preparing the briefing note. I've read it. I understand it. I don't need any more information. I'm certainly prepared to make a motion with regards to this, and it is 10 o'clock at night. So uh, my motion would be that council declines to waive the penalty charges. Uh, we should give uh, people... Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I was only trying to move the conversation <laughs> yeah. on your worship. Uh, we... Run into this before, where <coughs> someone else's accounting missteps come to our desk, and and again, I, I we can't take on the responsibility for everybody's mistakes, unfortunately, and we can't make the taxpayers all pay for it. So, um, I'm ready to vote. Okay, you guys ready to vote? Okay. Um, I what what's your motion to uh, deny the? Uh, yes. Uh, Councillor Downey, Mr. Uh, yes, uh, to repeat your worship, my motion would be that council declines to waive the uh, penalty charge on 2021 property tax bill for the tax roll number 317900. Johanna has her comment, I believe. Hello, Johanna. Hi. Thanks, I appreciate this. I know it's late. I really just wanted to follow up on Byron's comment. Um, I, I know it's late and I don't want this taxpayer to think we were not listening and hearing him, but uh, as Byron has said, this is an unfortunate situation, but that we have expect that this is just the way it is for all our taxpayers in town. Right, do we? So I'm ready to vote your worship. Yeah, there's a precedence not not to not to grant uh, these requests. So, but we will vote on this one specifically. Uh, people heard uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Needham uh, make a motion, <coughs> which is essentially to 
denied the request. All in favor? In favor. And uh, there are no nays. <coughs> okay. Um, uh, um, a notice, a motion to adjourn the meeting, I think. So moved. Because the other items that we didn't cover, uh, we can uh, uh, we 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 can just pin them on to next. Uh, we got them all. We did. Yeah. Did we get them all? Okay. Okay. All in favor of adjourning? Thank you.